All right, guys, welcome to another Doodles podcast. Uh, sorry, I'm a little distracted. There's someone not wearing clothes over here, but uh, I'll do the best I can to uh, to pay attention to you guys and not what's over there. But uh, anyway, so the way I'm doing this one here, it's an Ask Me Anything episode. So we post it to Patreon. I, I make a post on our Patreon and our channel members and say, hey, ask me anything. And uh, they reply in the comments. And right now I've got 37 comments, so we're going to get right into it. Uh, so if you'd like to have your question answered on a future podcast, go to patreon.com slash Doodles. You can sign up for like three bucks a month or whatever, uh, or become a channel member and do the same thing there. Uh, if you'd like to support the channel, you can also get some merch. We have new merch. Go to sailingdoodles.com. So, all right. Uh, so starting off right away, uh, Nick Macedo, uh, what is the best feature of the new boat you were looking forward to most? So if you don't know, I'm getting an Island Spirit 525E, so with electric motors, it's catamaran being built, should be finished January, February, hopefully, we'll see. Um, so the best feature, honestly, because like that's one thing I have to apologize for here is the lighting. The lighting is not good because we are in a kind of a temporary boat. Um, and so, uh, like I'd say having an office, right? So my new boat will have an office that I'll have a dedicated podcast studio that I can, I can, I can use like, I mean, I have this mic right here. So if you're just listening, I like one of those sure studio mics, but trying to set all that stuff in here and get everything coordinated is difficult. Uh, so in the new boat, I'll have an office and a podcast studio that I'll double as a podcast studio. And, you know, I can edit and all that and just a dedicated office. That's the main thing. And also just a side note, uh, it'll have a really nice fly bridge. I'm looking forward to hanging out at. Um, Cavatex, uh, you br and sorry, Nick has been a member since t October, so thank you. Uh, Cavatex, uh, he has been a member since uh, April of 21. You briefly mentioned retirement in Thailand in your last episode. Can you share us more with your long-term plans where you see yourself in five to 10 years from now? Um, it's hard to say. I mean, every time I've always made plans, I'm like, okay, this I've got, you know, I've got the next year and a half planned out and then something else comes up and it just, throws a wrench in it all. I mean, generally it's for the better. Like I get an opportunity to do something really, really cool. Um, so my general plan though, would be at some point in the next year, once I get on the new boat, um, bring on some full-time crew members, like to a couple and have them start doing the lion's share of the editing and filming and all that. Um, as far as, you know, the, the, the more grunt work type stuff. Uh, and then, you know, and a few years after that, you know, they can kind of be more the lead cast member type stuff and I can kind of come and go as I please, but we'll see how it goes. Plus I've got some spinoff channels. I got the doodles podcast, flying doodles, which now Dakota is hosting. Um, she's started putting out videos on there. They're just doing really well. We're just about to reach a hundred thousand subscribers. So check out flying doodles on YouTube. There's the glamping doodles podcast. Plus I have a couple other, um, a couple other, uh, shows in mind that I'd like to start when I get the time. Adam Sherlock, member since August 2020. Thanks, sir. Uh, I have loved your content from the beginning. I really found today's episode was well produced. Do you have any plans to do a circumnavigation or some type of long term long haul journey in the future? Those videos would be really fun. What do you like doing better, individual trips or living on a boat, uh, boat life? Uh, definitely the longer term trips is what I prefer to do. Um, the only reason we're doing kind of the short term trips really right now for, for a lot of it is because my new boat is delayed. It was supposed to be ready a few months ago. Um, but they've had some production delays, just like everything with COVID related backed up, but hopefully that'll be ready soon. But we are on this Sea Ray 340 um, that we're gonna be on for four months. So that'll be kind of a longer haul um, cruise through the Bahamas, so you'll see some of that. Uh, do we plan on doing a circumnavigation? Yeah, that's the old plan with the new boat. So, uh, you know, we'll hopefully uh, uh, get that out soon. All right, David Haney. Uh, member since September 22. Uh, let's see here. Will we ever see Stephanie again? I hope so. I'd love for her to come back and be a guest star. A lot of people have come back, so that'd be really cool. And then Glenn Goodall. Uh, that'd be awesome. She was the queen of all duels. There you go. 
All right, Stephanie uh, Vene. I don't know if I say Stefan. Stefan. Um, uh, how much organization and prep time does it take you to pick a location? I'm sure it's more than just dealing with plane tickets. Keep up the excellent work. Excellent work. It's always entertaining. Um, uh, it's mostly where is available during the right season, right? I mean, it's in hurricane season, you know, from June to November. So it's like you don't really want to go to the Caribbean too much. I mean, you can. But, you know, if you're planning that out three months in advance and here comes a hurricane, I mean, you can't go. It's more like where's stuff available and where's easy to go. Um, and then, you know, you don't want to go, you don't want to go to the Med in, in November, right? It's going to be cold. So it's more like what's available, when and where. And obviously I kind of have that partnership with Navigar Yachting. So uh, it, that always, always helped wherever they have yachts. They're not like, so the boat in Belize I had to pay for, right? Um, and that's why, you know, I didn't promote any of that, that boat stuff in Belize, or the, the boat company, charter company in Belize, but, you know, with, with Navigar. Yeah, and we have a uh, flotilla come up. I'm not sure if it's sold out or not. Um, I'll put a link down in the description there. You go to sailingdoodles.com. I believe it's on the first page. You might have to scroll through, uh, and you can get a link to join us in the BBI January 29th to February 5th. All right, Jamie Linderman, uh, member since March 23. Thank you. Uh, do you set an dr anchor drift alarm when on the hook? Does being on a mooring ball negate having to do that? Also, do you use VHF much when coming into and out of marinas? Uh, one more do you use like AIS very cool meeting on Dallas all right um, keep up the good content uh, do we set a drink anchor drift alarm no um, because you know generally if you're doing that with your phone you got your phone down there in your bedroom and then it loses GPS some point in the middle of the night and picks up 20 meters the other way and then it goes off I've, there's more false alarms with the phone stuff than there are uh, real alarms and it just messes up your sleep to so know some chart plotters on, on your boat you can actually set a drift alarm and that has an actual GPS antenna so that's a lot better um, but no uh, I really don't set uh, anchor alarms I did in the beginning but you're you know once you really learn how to set your anchor well and all that it happens a lot less although that being said we did drag anchor uh, this summer some so uh, do we use the VHF coming into and out of marinas not I mean yes if the marina about it depends on where you are maybe half the marinas actually monitor it depends on how professional the marina is, I guess. But yes, we're going in and out of marinas. Other than that, we really don't use VHF too much. Uh, but we do. I I do like to have AIS on a boat. It is very helpful. But if you don't have AIS, uh, if you don't have AIS on your boat, then on on the other boat, then you're not going to see them. So it's kind of like the AIS is like a, a transponder, like for boats, like an airplane has a transponder where you see where it is. So it's the same thing. Uh, Mark Finkel, uh, member uh, since May of 20. Thank you, sir. Do you keep up with Taylor and Stephanie? Uh, not very often. Um, I haven't talked to Taylor in, in more than a year now. I guess at the last boat show I went to, which was October, saw her. Uh, and then Stephanie, I mean, we talked maybe a couple months ago, but but not not a whole lot. Um, Ken Cartmel, uh, member since November 22. Thank you. What is your travel plan through the Bahamas? Um, so we'll cross over to Bimini after Christmas and then go to Chub Key maybe for New Year's in time, if we get there in time. And then from there, go through Nassau and then to Highborn Key and the Exumas and then work our way down the Exuma Island chain. Exuma Island chain. Uh, gonna leave the boat at, in uh, Georgetown while we go to the BBI flotilla and then back to Georgetown and cruise through the Bahamas on that. And then really a lot of it's gonna depend on when the new boat's ready and when I'm gonna get that. Um, but anyway, I mean, just cruise around the Bahamas and bring the boat back to the East Coast uh, sometime, uh, you know, before hurricane season, late, late, late spring, early summer, something like that. And we'll be doing, I'll be selling it. So uh, it is a C 2001 uh, C-Ray 340 
and um, it's got the, the twin uh, gas powered unfortunately 7.5 Mercruiser um, inboards and uh, those only have 80 hours a piece on them and a brand new generator uh, I'm putting a new chart plotter in it with uh, an autopilot uh, you know it, it's got uh, a lot of new it's got a new VHF it's got a lot of new features a lot of repairs and stuff that were done to it I'm gonna try to sell it for and then I'm gonna put um, there's been a few other things I've done to it. I can't remember. Oh, new dinghy and, and motor for that. Uh, so I'm going to be asking 75,000 um, because that's what I'll have into it um, when when I sell the boat. And you know, if you want to cruise around, I mean, that's a great. This boat would be perfect if you live in South Florida, want to go do some weekend trips, stuff like that. So you can go to sailingdoodles.com. We have a contact me page there. Um, uh, let's see, Ken Cartmill, be sure to check out Dante's and, Q, and uh, QS. Uh, thank you, sir. Yeah, we, uh, we did go there. Well, we didn't really spend much time there. We kind of walked through it, but we didn't, we didn't spend much time there. Schmoops. Um, all right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Jen and Eric, let's see here. Uh, they've been members since December of 20. Can we get on your new boat for a flotilla when you do one? Yeah. Uh, we will do one at some point. Uh, maybe this next fall because uh, Navigar is opening a new base in St. Martin, um, which would be cool. We could do a, a flotilla based out of there. That'd be nice. Uh, Todd and Layla Folks, uh, November since, no, ah, November, thank you, new one. How long are you planning to be in Key West? Well, just a week, we're already gone. Uh, we are now in Marathon Key. We left yesterday. Uh, John Turner, uh, member of since September, thank you. Uh, I can't believe you and your crew don't get more intestinal issues. We have. Um, you know, Dominican, we all got sick, uh, but you'd be surprised, especially in the Caribbean. Uh, so Dominican, the water was not RO water, right? So reverse osmosis, which is taking seawater and making it uh, fresh water. But uh, most of the water in the Bahamas and the Caribbean islands, because there's so little water there, is all reverse osmosis. So it's seawater that's been put through a you know super fine filter. So like you don't get bad water there really um so that's part of the reason now if you go other places in the world yeah for sure but we don't drink a plus we have a seagull um water purifier on on the boats i have so it, it goes down to like 0 0.04 microns or something so it cleans out like even viruses and stuff and then we don't generally drink the tap water unless it's going through that filter and so yeah uh kurt oxford member since september uh do you have uh do you do you do you or have you ever had trouble with terrorists, drug cartels, or anything trying to rob you? Uh, no, never have. Uh, you know, you just don't go to those areas, right? Daryl Han, October, remember since October of 20, thank you. When it comes to sailing, you always pick a date and make it happen. Can you uh, do an updated video of the finances, uh, going for a sailing trip for three to six months, preferably not completely scraping by, but actually enjoying yourself? I know a lot depends on the boat you get. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what we're doing with this boat so far. Yeah, but uh, I, I should do another one of those videos. That'd be nice to do. Um, but so far with this boat, it's been pretty affordable as far as like marinas and, you know, maintenance and stuff because it's only a 34-foot boat. Uh, one thing that's kind of shocked me a little was the fuel. Like I was hoping the fuel price cost wouldn't be as much. It just doesn't get very good fuel economy. It's fast, right? It gets there fast, but it uses a lot of fuel. We could slow down to like eight knots and use a third less fuel, but you know, it's kind of like, okay, is that third less fuel worth it to go more than twice as long, you know, just time-wise? So, but yeah, I should do one of those. Uh, Cliff uh, Neeson, member since January of 18. Wow, long time, thank you. 
Uh, how do you and or other cruisers cope with being away for so long? How easy it's to keep in touch with friends and family? Well, it's a lot easier nowadays with, you know, uh, when I first started doing it eight years ago, uh, you know, cell phone coverage wasn't nearly as good in the Caribbean and the Bahamas as it is now, and certainly not data, right? Um, when I first went through the Bahamas, I mean, we had like 2G and 3G, maybe 3G, sort of, wasn't very good, kind of worked. Um, so whenever we needed to check email or whatever, we had to find a Wi-Fi. Now, there's 4 and 5G coverage everywhere in the Bahamas, so that's a lot easier. As far as like, cope with being away for so long, like me personally, if I'm on a boat for three months, I'm ready to get off. I need a break. And that could just be a week. Go home for a week or get a hotel for a week or do something for a week. After six months, I need, I need to get, I always get the F off the boat. Um, and cause you're just going crazy, but you'd be surprised. You're, you go back home for a week or two or go visit family for a week. And then you're like, all right, I'm ready to go back to the boat. Um, you know, and then it kind of resets you for a while. Uh, Jason Colbreth, member since November of 20. Thank you. I uh, headed to Puerto Rico in May, but want to head to a resort at one of the surrounding islands. Where do you recommend? Huh. Um, I mean, you know, I mean, it depends on what you want. Uh, I don't recall any, like, most of the high-end resorts in Puerto Rico are on the mainland. Uh, Culebra is one of my favorite islands there. And then right next to that, you can get a day trip over to Culebrita. Um, there are some hotels and some stuff there. There might be a few really nice ones. I don't know, but most of them aren't super nice, but it is nice to get around there. You can rent a golf cart and that's just, I'd say Culebra. Vieques, a lot of people, I haven't really spent much time there. It's got kind of a connotation of being a, lot, a little bit of crime and all that. So I haven't been there too much. Um, so, but, uh, and then as far as the other ones, uh, you know, I'm just not too familiar with like resorts on them. Alright, Jorge, uh, member since May of 22. How hard is circumnavigating the, wor the, the world crossing the Atlantic versus crossing the Pacific? I've always heard it's rougher through the Atlantic, but I don't know why. Yeah, I think it's because when you're crossing the Pacific, you're doing it, generally speaking, at the middle latitudes or close to the middle latitudes, like uh, or close to the equator, rather, I'm sorry. Um, and generally speaking, as long as it's not a hurricane, the weather is much more benign and much more calm. Uh, you know, whereas you get in the middle latitudes and the upper latitudes, the wind is generally a lot stronger, more consistent. And uh, so when you're crossing the Atlantic, you're starting from the Med, you're starting from a pretty high latitude. You got to go through the, from the high latitudes, I'm not sure exactly which latitude it is. And then you go through the mid latitudes where you have the really strong trade winds. And then you, I mean, and then actually if you're crossing the Atlantic, you never even get to the equator. You never even get to the, uh, uh, so if you're going from, you know, uh, like uh, Spain to like St. Martin, you're still in the mid, well, you're kind of in the, uh, you know, you're still in the trade wind area. So the wind's really strong and all that. So it's just stronger winds. Whereas when you cross the Pacific, you start at about the same latitude as St. Martin or whatever, but you know, on the, on the coast of Mexico. And then you go down, you go south and you cross through the equator where the winds are a lot less there. And so it's just a, a lot, you know, a lot more benign crossing there. Um, uh, Mart Cascula, I don't know if I'm saying that right at call, but January of 21. How is the sea ray treating you? Not too small. I have a Sundancer 320 and could not live there too long. Um, and then Bob Wilson follows up with, uh, so true. We had a 300 Sundance, Sundancer with twin 54s out drives and got a 1.1 miles per gallon. Yeah, we get, we get worse than that. I'm sure because we're, you know, a little bit heavier. Uh, 
Yeah, it's not been too bad. Um, actually, with two people, I mean, the 340 is not bad. It, it's been pretty comfortable, honestly. Um, and we did have four people on the boat for about five, six days. That was a bit crowded. Uh, that's very crowded. So, but for two people, it wasn't too bad, especially, you know, uh, you know, we've only been on the boat for a couple weeks now. So talk to me in a month. We'll see. Greg Romero. Thank you. Nice to meet or see, and I was nice to meet you at the, uh, patron meetup member since March of 22. He's one of our top patrons. Thank you, Greg. Um, is there any time that you want to start a family? If so, where would you live or would you raise children on the water? Several other sailing channels are doing so or have, or have done so. Uh, I mean, if it happens, it happens. Um, I'm not opposed to it, but I always considered like what I would probably do. I would probably do like six months on a boat and six months like, well, when the kids are little, that's fine. They can be on the boat full time. But once they get to like school age, I not, not the, I would want them to have like real school, like not homeschool just for the socialization. Right. Um, so you do like one semester on the boat, homeschool, one semester, you know, uh, on, you know, you find a place in, on land, I don't know, get an Airbnb for the semester or, you know, or, or maybe you, you can afford to have a house and a boat or you can rent a house for six months or whatever you can do. But that's what I would do, um, is half and half. Um, Aaron Bradley, uh, member of since December 22 as a pilot. Also hard question. What would be your ideal owner operator airplane? Well, I mean, first thing that came into my mind would be like a Pilatus or a TBM, um, a single engine turboprop. Uh, they're fast, uh, you know, they carry six or eight people, uh, and not too expensive cause they've only got single engine and you know, it's not, I mean, they're going to be real expensive, but. So something like that, but like, you know, those are also millions of dollars. If you're talking like a, just a single engine piston or something like that, I'd probably go with like a Bonanza or something like that fast, you know, still do 170 knots, maybe depending, it can be faster or whatever, something like that. Or, you know, if you don't mind the extra maintenance, you know, Cessna 340 or something like that. Um, so can, can Wade Lee, a uh, member since September, thank you. How difficult is it to maintain a relationship while sailing? I mean, I've not really had a problem with it. So not hard at all. You just gotta be uh, patient, I believe is the key word there, because like you're in a small tight space. And so you have to, you have to understand you're gonna be on top of each other all the time. So that's the thing. You need to have a good relationship. You have, you have a crappy relationship, then it could go bad. I've been wanting to drink this tea for a while, but it's so hot. There we go. Uh, Christopher Justice, how difficult will it be to get insurance on the new boat? Will the electrical powertrain um, systems be more expensive to insure? Remember, since January of 21. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to get on um, uh, Island Spirits insurance. Um, so they're going to add me to it. So like, it won't be too hard. Hopefully, it's not going to be too expensive. I think it might be very expensive. So uh, we haven't crossed that bridge yet. Glenn Goodall, um, since March of 22. Thank you, guys. I know that's not your real names, but... Uh, I think it's what you heard once anyway. Uh, will Dakota be back sailing anytime soon? Yeah, you might see her at some point. Um, yeah, I mean, we talk all the time, like almost every day because she's running um, flying doodles. Lloyd uh, Greenberg, June 23. When do you anticipate a flotilla in Croatia? Possibly this summer. A lot of it depends on when the new boat is. So, but I'll keep you posted. Uh, we do have the BVI flotilla January 29th. Go to sailingdoodles.com. You can find the link for it there. Uh, Gary Haynes, member since November. All right. Uh, I'm curious about your new 525 EME. What do you figure the maximum range is? Um, 
if I know you have so much battery life from solar and so much from generator time, but let's say you are doing a long ocean crossing, how long could you go without refueling the generator? I mean, how long could you keep going 24 hours a day, max range? Well, it's a sailboat, so indefinitely. Um, you're at the mercy of the wind. But I mean, when I crossed the South Pacific last time, we didn't, I mean, we, we used the, we, the only time we started the motors when we had to charge the batteries. Um, we sailed the whole time and we still averaged 6.3 knots. So, I mean, that's the thing about a sailboat, right? Is you don't, you shouldn't, I mean, a gen, you know, your engines are, you should really, if you're doing an ocean crossing, you shouldn't count on your engines. I mean, it's nice to have, right? You're like, okay, well, I can motor for five days or four days if I have to, right? To get out of the way of a storm or something like that. Um, but if you're, if there's, if you have to motor four days to get away from a storm, um, you're crossing at the wrong time of year. Uh, but, um, I would say, you know, I think the new boat, I don't know, remember exactly how many gallons of fuel it has, but I mean, I, I it's probably four to five days of 24 hours a day motoring at seven to eight knots. So it'll go a long ways. Um, but you generally don't necessarily need to count on it. Uh, Cabotex again, uh, what do you keep? What do you do to keep a healthy diet and fitness schedule aside from heavy drinking? Uh, 12 ounce curls. Uh, well, I just went for a run today. Uh, and I ran yesterday and I ran the day before that. I run almost every day. Um, and then what I do for my runs is I'll do, uh, it depends on the day. I mean, I don't do it every day, but like probably every other day. Like I didn't do it today. Today was kind of a recovery day because I went hard yesterday. I did four miles at a eight, eight and a half pace. Um, which, you know, that's not real fast, but I used to be a lot faster than that, but I'm kind of get back, get back into it. So, um, but so what I'll do is I'll stop every mile and do 15 or 20 pushups and then continue going, um, when I'm really working out. And then today was just a recovery run. I ran a three mile run at like nine and a half minutes. So just kind of really easy pace. Um, so that, and just try to eat well, uh, try to anyway. Um, Stargate Pioneer, member since February of 20. Um, will you be trying other platforms out like Spotify, Rumble, or Vimeo? Vimeo, I don't think is the right business model for a YouTuber to make money because they charge the YouTuber to be there. Rumble, I am actually on Rumble, but the monetization on there is so little, I, I barely pay any attention of it. So like, and then Spotify, the podcasts are on Spotify. Um, I don't know if Spotify is gonna do more in the video realm or not, but uh, right now YouTube is kind of the game. Uh, I mean, you know, if a new platform pops up that I think is worth it, I'll do it. Bill, member since September. Uh, did Laura and Amanda ever meet? I don't think so. Yeah, nope, I don't think they did. Um, uh, Amanda's over there, by the I way. Broke my yeah. Uh, Richard Campos, we're going to do a, uh, at some point this week, we'll do the next, the next podcast will be with Amanda. So we'll have to do one. Uh, Richard Campos, member since April of 20. Uh, if you, you don't show, you don't show must, you don't, you don't show much. Okay. It was a typo, I guess. Much excited about your boat after seeing it. Did that change? Oh, I mean, I'm really excited about it. It's just, you know, it's just, who knows? It's just, it's in the future. Right. And so I've got right now, I mean, I, I can't wait for it, but it's going to be a while till I get to see it. So, um, or get to see it in any kind of completed form. I'm waiting on uh, the guys at Island Spirit. They, they have a videographer maybe this week or sometime going to be filming some stuff for me to show you guys. So I'm looking forward to that. Paul, uh, remember since July, how long have you been in Key West? We were only there for a week. We're already gone. Sorry. We just left yesterday. Greg Romero, uh, 
you've probably answered this before. How do you find crew or does crew find you? What criteria, qualifications qualify for your crew um, or just look good in a bikini? Well, I mean, yeah, they kind of have to look good in a bikini. But uh, Amanda, we were friends of friends. We met at a concert like nine years ago, eight years ago, something like that. Uh, you know, most, I'd say a lot have been either friends of friends, probably half have been friends of friends or acquaintances or something like that. Uh, and then I met a few off of Instagram, um, uh, a couple in person, you know, so that's mostly it. Um, yeah, or online, you know. Uh, Jane, are we already almost through with these? Wow, how much time is this? All right, 25 minutes, okay. Uh, James, uh, member since September. Uh, why don't people number videos like they, that way we know if we missed one, still haven't seen or heard the name of the, of the girl that took Dakota's place, that's Amanda. Uh, one week she was there, one week we never said anything about her that's all okay uh well i don't know we put it in the video i mean that uh dakota was going home to do flying doodles um i used to number the videos honestly it just I, I i the reason i don't do it now is because um yeah it, it might make things a little more but they're in a playlist so if you want to go like watch the season nine playlist you can see all the videos in that order so you go to our page you, you know youtube slash sailing doodles and then you can click on the playlist and there's chap, you know, there, there's, I have one, so I put everything, all episodes in order. And then I have a playlist like season nine, we're doing season nine right now. And so you can watch all those in order. The reason I don't really number them anymore, I used to, if you go back like season three, four, five, I, I, I did number them. The reason I don't is because if, it, I kinda, it deters new viewers, right? So if somebody's like, oh, this is already episode six, I don't wanna, I, I don't wanna have, I don't, you know, I don't wanna watch this because I don't know what, I don't, you know, so, you know, that's why I don't do that. Um, Robert Lozano, member since May of 23. Great picture at Southernmost Beach Cafe. What was the uh, route? You, so I posted a patron-only picture um, to of Amanda and I at the Southernmost Cafe. Uh, you know, I was trying to post a Southern uh, 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 YouTube or patron-only video the other day, but it, it never would upload. So I'll do that now. We'll kind of give the patrons an update. And, and, and uh, so after I record this, we'll do another one. So patreon.com slash sailing doodles, and you can see it. Um, the first part is the girls working out on the dock, and then I guess we'll kind of show what we're doing here in Marathon Key. Uh, let's see here. Uh, what was the route you flew to Thailand? Your trip has me looking at going. That resort was stunning and beautiful. We went through uh, both ways through uh, Istanbul. Um, Istanbul, so Turkish Airlines is really trying to like, I don't know, build their long haul stuff. And it wasn't too bad. It was like, I want to say it was like, oh man, I don't remember. It was like one leg was like 10 hours. The other was like 13. And then we had like a two and a half hour layover. So the whole travel time was like 26 hours or 25 hours each way, which is really not too bad. Uh, the way I've done it in the past is go... You know, if I'm coming from, we were coming out of California, out of Florida though. Like the way I'll do it, if you're on the West Coast or we're out of Texas, we'll normally go through like Japan. So go from Dallas to Tokyo, Tokyo to to, uh, to Thailand. But it's still 24 to 30 hours of travel time, no matter where you go, how you do it. There's no nonstop flights to Thailand, not from not from the States, I don't think. Maybe there might be one out of New York or something, but I don't know. Um, I don't think there's any nonstop flights to Thailand. Um, 
Let's see here. Uh, and it, so that resort in Phuket was pretty amazing. So I think in the videos there, in that video, uh, you get a discount, 10% discount, click on the link. So go to the one where we were, I don't remember the, I don't remember the title of that video, but when we were staying in Phuket, you'll see it. Season nine, Phuket was in the title. So that one there. Um, and you can get 10% off. Uh, William uh, Resch, uh, member since October of 21. Can you speak to how you came to have uh, pos have slash possess well above average mechanical skills, including maintenance, replacement, and electronics? It is imperative to have them when sailing long distances. Thanks in advance. Uh, I mean, I, I, a lot of it's like from my parents. Like my, I mean, even my mom, right? She was a, uh, I mean, she could. My mom could do drywall and crap. You know, I mean, my mom, my parents flipped a lot of houses. That's how like. I was fortunate enough they paid for my college by flipping houses, so I didn't have any college debt, which was great. So they'd buy a house. This was before it became popular. This was like, I mean, I think their first flip house was in like 88, right? So they they flipped out, and I graduated in 96, and then college in 2001. So like, they were they were still flipping houses into the early 2000s, but I think we were kind of winding down by then. You know, that was before it got real popular. And... Um, they so my mom could do drywall and like plumbing and all that crap and electric so could my dad and my dad uh you know was pretty technical and smart about those things and then uh being a pilot right i mean so part of college was going to a uh, engineering class and a mechanical mechanic class and a power plant an amp power plant shop so you know how the engines work and all that stuff uh and so we learned all that stuff there plus um I don't know, you can learn anything on YouTube. I mean, like, if I don't know how to do something, I'll just put get on YouTube and be like, how to change a inverter, right? And somebody's done it and put a video on it, you know? So it's not too hard. So, I mean, you can learn anything there. I will say, I mean, you know, if you're out in the middle of the ocean without cell service, that's the hard part. But these days with Starlink and all that, I mean, heck, you can do it, you know? So it's really not too bad. I will say, I think that's my the biggest barrier to entry for most people if they're going to go sailing and cruising is just being able to... Uh, I mean, work on their own boat. I mean, you don't have to work on your boat, on your own boat, but it's going to be real expensive wherever you are. Like if you need a, somebody to change your impeller on your engine, which your impeller is like basically your, it, it's a little water pump that pumps seawater through the, I don't know, for lack of a different, but they call it the intercooler, but on your, in your car be like the radiator. Uh, so then you have one side that has your coolant, one side has your seawater and it kind of, it doesn't mix, but it goes through the fins there and it cools off your radiator, your coolant water and then the seawater goes is pumped over to overboard you know if you need a i mean that pump is like that, that the little the impeller pump is i mean as little as five bucks maybe as, as expensive as 20 i mean and it's super easy to change it takes 10 minutes you know to change and so the problem is is like do you, you know if you don't even know what to look for, like if all of a sudden you're not getting coolant water uh, the seawater uh, raw water as they call it going out on your exhaust well, I mean, you got a couple reasons why. And I mean, number one, maybe your impeller's bad. Number two, your strainer's clogged up with, with seaweed or something like that. Or, I mean, it very rarely is it like a mechanical thing, like uh, like the, the actual gearing to the water pump, but it could be. Um, uh, so, you know, you, first thing you look at is, you know, you just got to know these things. Like, when so you can even diagnose why on YouTube like why am I not getting raw water out of my thing and then it'll say okay check your strainer first so is it clogged up no okay then check your impeller is it uh, is it uh, you know um, is it 
you know, is it missing thin blades and all that, or is it not, you know, is it missing all the blades or whatever? And then you, okay, no, it's all all the pieces there. Okay, then check your intercooler there, heat exchanger, sorry. Um, you know, is it, you know, gunked up or clogged up or is there corrosion or something like that? Or you have a loose fitting or something like that. So you just gotta go through the thing and do all that. That being said, there are places that have, like I think Island Spirit um, has one, go to groupislandspirit.com. I don't know if they have it together yet, but they have a sailing school and I think they've got it already where they have their um, cruising class where like you go there for a month and they basically take you through everything on a boat, like how to fix all that stuff. And so by the time you graduate that class, you know how to fix everything on the boat. So there are courses like that. All right. Last one, Keith Smith. He was the patron that won the uh, patron drawing. I, I need to see if we're going to do one of those pretty soon for the BBI one. But if we do that, we might be doing another patron drawing for someone to join us there. So, uh, yeah, uh, patreon.com slash sailing doodles, and you can come sailing with us. He won the drawing to sail with us in the Abacos. He paid only for his airflow to get there, got his own free uh, room and everything. So it's pretty nice. Remember, since January 21, thank you, Keith. You're a nice dude, too. Uh, with uh, so many hours sailing, do you still keep logbooks up to date? No, honestly, <laughs> I haven't done any. I haven't touched a logbook in forever. Is anything more important uh, anymore to boat leasing and rental companies? Is that even important? Um, they've never asked to see a logbook. They ask how you know for a sailing resume. So I mean, I have which I actually got it through. Um, I don't have my wallet with me. But, um, so I went to sailing school with Group Island Spirit in Thailand. I don't need it, thank you. Um, and it was a 10 day course. Uh, no, no, I did, uh, I did the Yacht Master. So they have an initial course. They have a, they have a, a, a zero to hero course. And I've actually got that course on Sailing Doodles too. If you want to check it out, you can uh, go to sailingdoodles.com. You can click on our sailing school. Make sure that's still linked up there, right? Um, uh, uh, but it, so we have our own sailing school. Yeah, we have a sailing course up there, and um, it takes you through the zero hero to, zero to hero course. Uh, it's got 65 lessons. It's it's six over six hours of video instruction, and uh, basically go through from never stepping on a boat to what you need to know how to sail. And uh, so then, but I took that curriculum from the Group Island Spirit course, uh, IYT, and so with my sailing course. Uh, It'll give you all the information and all that you need to know how to sail, but it doesn't, there's no certification from it. You know, if you actually want a certification, you'd have to go to, like you can go to the Group Island Spirits sailing course and they will actually, uh, so the price of my course online is $89. They will give you $89 off their course in Thailand. And it's, I believe 10 days. Uh, I believe the whole thing is, uh, don't quote me on this. It's less than two thousand dollars. I'm pretty sure for the ten days, and you spend, you know, I think two days in classroom, and the other eight days you're on the boat, um, and you're with instructors, and there's some overnight sails and all that. So it gives you all the um, experience to do that. And then at the end of that, you get your bare boat, uh, you get your captain certificate um, from IYT International Yacht Training, which is the same basically certification as RYA, Royal Yacht Association, or uh, ASA, American Sailing Association. It's the same thing, they're good everywhere around the world. So then you get a license and then you can show that to any charter company and they're like, okay, great. They still want you to sell, fill out a sailing resume, you know, how many miles do you have? They've never asked to see a logbook. If they ever did, I'd be like, check out my YouTube channel, you know, um, but I've never had anybody ask for a logbook. Also, if a person has, um, 
also if a person only has time in the Caribbean, will rental agencies in the med and other locations accept those hours or want to see some med cruising experience? As far as I know, I mean, like, they don't care where the time is. Um, they just want you to have the time. So, like, um, and actually, I don't even think the, the med companies, they don't care about your actual sea miles or days at sea for the most part. They just want to make sure you have a license. So, in the Caribbean and the Americas, are the only place where they don't actually, where the charter companies don't require you to have a license. Uh, that's because they cater to mostly Americans and I don't know why Americans won't get their license, but they don't uh, because I guess in most states, most states don't require you to have a license and some states do require you to have a license, but it's this, it's like you don't actually have to take any um, courses or anything. They just, you just have to tell them you want to, I don't know. I don't know. I, Texas is one of those states you don't have to laugh at a license, but I think like New Jersey and a few of those states are. I'm not exactly sure how their certification process works, but I've traveled through New Jersey. Nobody's ever asked to see a license. Um, but in the med, the med in Asia, you are required to have a some kind of certificate before you can charter a boat. And I will say that so ASA, um, uh, you need to get your what do they call it proficiency check, which you get through ASA 104, and it'll it'll count for that. So. Uh, but there you go, guys. All right, this one's been, how long has this one been? Uh, I can't even, where did I, I forget where the time goes. It's been long enough. There it is, 37 minutes. All right, guys, thank you so much for watching. Please click that like and subscribe button. Uh, you can check out my audio podcast wherever you get your audio podcast, Spotify, all that stuff, Apple, iTunes. Um, and then it's our patrons to make this channel possible. If you would like your question answered on the next uh, podcast, actually, the next podcast will be with Amanda. So... Be sure you subscribe to check that one out. And then the one after, we will do another Ask Me Anything with our patrons. So uh, thank you guys, and we'll see you on the next podcast.